What a powerful video, huh? Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome. It is good to be here to share God's Word with you on this fantastic, glorious, wonderful day that God has made. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, tonight I'm going to be talking to you about believing and trusting God. And um, the theme of this message that we're going to repeat over and over again, so at least you have something to take home with you, if nothing else, is this. God is good, God loves me, and he knows what's best for me. God is good, he loves me, and he knows what's best for me. How many would agree with that tonight? Amen? All right. Praise God. Well, we're already on a good start then. (laughs) Trusting is showing or tending to have a belief in a person's honesty or sincerity, not suspicious. And if you truly trust someone, you're going to believe what they say, right? You know, the Bible talks about us not swearing about things, you know, like, oh, I swear I'll do that, or I promise I'll do that. The Bible talks about us being men and women of our word. If we say we're going to do something, then we do it, if at all possible. I mean, sometimes things come up, but integrity and being a person of your word means the world. And I want to tell you tonight, God is someone whose word is true and righteous and holy and just. And we can believe what God's word says. See, your beliefs, they shape who you are and what you think about God, yourself, and others. It directs how you handle hardship and success. But the question is, how do we know that our beliefs are right, are true? Because I suppose there's some people that could look at the sky and say, the sky is red. But the rest of us would say, no, the sky is blue. But they are determined the sky is red. But we know that the sky is blue. Why? Because, first of all, the majority of people see blue. (laughs) And there's scientific facts and things like that. But we know that God's word is true because his word has withstood the test of time. It has been under scrutiny for hundreds and thousands of years. People have tried to pick God's word apart and find fault in it. No one can. It is true and we can believe it. So if we believe God's word to be true, then we need to believe what it says about us and who we are. So you're going to look at at God's word in one of two ways. Either it's a book of rules of things that we can't do, or it's going to be a book of life and things that set us for success. See, God's word is true, and it directs us and is there for us to have eternal success. Not just success in this life, 
into on this world. God's thinking far beyond our life here on this earth. He is an eternal God. And he's thinking about our eternity. So he's given us his word to have a successful eternal life. Like I said, God is good, God loves me, and he knows what's best for me. Well, in April of 2016, April, we know, is kind of the month of the Ascension Convention. And, um, you know, it's Easter, typically in April. Sometimes it's in March, but um, April 2016, uh, I was working. I'm a contractor, handyman. And uh, I just had really started to feel fatigued over about a six-month period, just more tired. And... and um, I can remember one, one day, it was either uh, the end part of May, or no, I mean, uh, the end part of March or the first part of April, that um, I just was really tired and I felt sick. And I remember uh, working on this building and I had to climb up uh, on my ladder to get up onto the roof of this building to do some caulking because they had some, some roof leaks or something. And I remember just being exhausted and just barely being able to get up there and uh, just shaking and things. And I'm like, man, this is weird. So I kind of pushed through the job and I got it done. Well, I got down off the ladder and I sat in my truck and I was exhausted. And uh, I fell asleep and I slept for about 30 minutes. And then I was able to to get out of the truck and go get my ladder and put everything away. <clears throat> well, come about a week later, um, I was doing the same thing. I was at work, but exhausted. And um, I was hanging trim in a basement. Didn't have carpeting, concrete floor. And I was so tired. And I just said to myself, I'll just take a little nap, like five minutes. I woke up and it was like, 45 minutes to an hour later. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy, you know? Um, backing up just a little bit, um, Heather works for, my wife, uh, works for Del Nor Hospital. Well, they just merged a couple years ago with Northwest, Northwestern. And um, so our insurance had changed. So we were looking for a new doctor that was closer to where we live because, you know, currently had to drive about 45 minutes to see my doctor. Uh, great guy, you know, really enjoyed uh, his service to me and everything, but we needed somebody closer. Uh, so I met with this new doctor in, in where we live and uh, started telling her about, you know, my fatigue and tiredness and, and things like that. And she said, hmm, okay, well, since you're new, I just want to do a full panel of, of blood work and, and and everything, uh, and with some of your symptoms and stuff. So uh, she did that, and uh, I got a phone call from Heather, and um, Heather was able to, I gave her my, my chart, which is a thing that you can look up all your, you know, things, uh, medical stuff on. So she was looking on that. I was at work. I didn't have a chance to do it. She calls me up, and she said, Jared, have you been tired lately? And I'm like, well, yeah, actually, I, I really have been. Um, 
And she said, well, you know, we got some test results back and your testosterone level is like really low, like 22. And the average for a male is five to 700. And um, so it was like, okay. So we met with the doctor again <clears throat> and the doctor said, okay, we wanna do an MRI uh, on your brain and check some things out. So this was the week of Ascension Convention. So all this was happening kind of Monday, Tuesday. So I went to the Hyatt on Wednesday and uh, I kind of shared with a couple people, you know, to just pray that I have an MRI coming up on, I believe it was Monday uh, after Easter weekend. So uh, Monday had an MRI and uh, right away the doctor wanted to see us. Um, so I think it was either Monday afternoon or first thing Tuesday morning. And uh, what had taken place is they found a tumor that was about two, inch, two inches in size right in the middle of my brain. And uh, from that point on, I believe it was from finding out about the tumor to my first surgery was only eight days. So they moved things along very quickly. But uh, there was one other person that they had to move uh, that wasn't quite as emergent as my case. So they were able to get me in right away. And just how God started to work things out, you know, through this was amazing. But I'll tell you, uh, having that kind of news it shakes you and uh, tests your faith, your trust, and your beliefs uh, in God. And um, it brought out some things in my life that I was like, wow, um, do I really trust God? You know, what does that really mean? Well, in that moment when you're talking about your life, um, trusting God for your own physical life on this earth, I've never met that to that extent at the, until this point. Um, Heather, being a nurse, understands the severity of the situation even more than what I did. Um, so... The first surgery, they went in and they weren't able to get it all. Um, you know, I was really hoping that God was gonna, you know, take care of the whole thing and we'd see a miracle happen in that way. But that didn't happen. So we had to talk about a second surgery. And my recovery was, you know, I was very tired, sleeping a lot and everything. You know, and I said to Heather, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have it in me to do another surgery. This is just, whew. And then to have my son come and sit on my lap and ask me, Daddy, are you going to die? That was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do was to tell my son that I am coming home. God is not done with me here on this earth yet. We prayed for seven years to have children. Our first came seven years later. Then we have another beautiful daughter three years after that. And man, I started to get a realization that God has answered my prayers to be a dad, to be a husband. And that why would he take me from this earth if my time isn't up? when I just get started with these things. 
I really caught a sense of who I am in God, that he has a purpose and a plan for my life, and that I don't have to sit back and just idly say, okay, God, whatever your will is. I mean, we do that because we trust him. But there's also an assurance to know that when something happens in our life, that we can stand on God's word that says he wants us to be healed and that he has given us purpose and he's given us a plan and that he's given us responsibility. If you really think about it, God is trusting us. He created us to bring him honor and glory, right? So he's entrusting us in a lot of ways with um, with his, with who he is. So, wow. God didn't take it away. So it's still there. So I had a second surgery. Man, the recovery has been long. Uh, but God has been good because I am still alive and I am here today. And I am stronger, I would say, than I have been in probably four, maybe five years. I, uh, I have energy. I feel great. And I just love to be alive. I love to serve God. And um, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to you, my church family, who have walked this journey with me You've stood by my side. You have prayed for Heather and I and our family. You've supported us financially. You've supported us in prayer. You've asked how we're doing. Man, you guys have just loved us. It's been phenomenal. And I'm so grateful. So grateful for you guys. And I want you to know that through all this, God is good. God loves me. And he knows what's best for me. Last week, I had a follow-up. I had an MRI done. Followed up with the doctor. The tumor has shrunk just a little bit. And it's still there, but it's dead. It's not doing anything. And I'll tell you, it would have been awesome to come here and say, that tumor is gone. God did a miraculous thing. It's amazing. But that would have been really easy. How much more is it for me to trust that God is going to keep that tumor under control each and every day? I have to trust him. You know, I have to walk with him and, and just know and have confidence that he can do that and he will do that for me. Because that's the kind of God that he is. He's amazing and powerful. I kind of have my ideas on what I'd like. But I think he knows even better than what I do. See, we need to believe and trust God. And we need to understand his design. We are God's design. And he knows us. He loves us. Psalms 139. I'm going to read verses 1 through 18. It says, Lord, 
you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I uh, rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make a bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become uh, night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And here's, here's the key phrase right at the end. I know that full and well. I know that full and well. What do I know? Who God has said that I am right here in this, these scriptures. It says, my frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Wow. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? How God feels about us. And how he created us. Man. We are his representation. Because we're made in his image. That's just amazing to me. God is good, right? God loves me, and he knows what's best for me. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full and well. Wow. I'm sorry, I, I just... That... That phrase has just hit me this week. I know that full and well. What is your beliefs? Do you trust God? Because right here, David is saying, hey, I know it. I've been through it, and I have confidence in my God. Let's look in Genesis chapter 2. I'm almost there. I'm going to read verses 15 and seven, through 17. It says, The Lord God took the man... Oops, do I have that right? Yes. And put him in the garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. 
but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone, and I will make a helper suitable for him. See, God gave Adam a purpose. He's to work the garden and to take care of it. And remember what I said kind of at the beginning of the message. I talked about either you see God's word as a list of do's and don'ts, or you see it as uh, a book of freedom and, wow, look at all the stuff I can do. See, God gave Adam instructions on how to have eternal success in the garden. He said, you're going to work the land. You, can, you, you have run of this whole place. And he said, just don't eat of this tree because... And he was, he, he was truthful with Adam. He was honest with him. And he was straightforward. He told him exactly what was going to happen if he ate of that tree. He said, just avoid that tree. You got everything else. Well, somewhere along the line, Adam's belief system about God kind of got skewed a little bit. I don't know if he stopped trusting God or, or, or what exactly, but there was something, the serpent, as you guys probably know the story, you know, kind of influenced Adam a little bit. But we need to have a strong belief and a strong trust in God that he knows that we are to carry on with him if we trust him and if we believe in him. See, God was honest with Adam, straightforward with him. He wasn't trying to trick him or withhold things from him. And I think sometimes in our lives we might feel like God is withholding things from us. But remember, God is good. God loves me and he knows what's best for me, right? God wants you to have eternal success. He wants you to believe what he says is true. Not only in your spirit, but in his word particularly. We have to believe God's word. We have to believe that it is the foundation of our beliefs and our faith. So what is our purpose? What is our calling? I mean, each one of us kind of are created a little bit differently. We all have different likes and dislikes, different talents and gifts. But ultimately, really, what is our purpose and our calling? And we're going to look in Matthew chapter 22 about that. We're going to look in verses 36 through 40. It says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two 
commandments. Well, we're supposed to love God. We're supposed to love others. That's what we're called to do, right? doesn't matter if you work in a hospital. doesn't matter if uh, you work in construction or uh, in networking or sales or, I mean, the list goes on. It doesn't matter what your job is, your career is. We are to love others like we love God. We need to point others to God through our love for them. So how does God love us, and how should we love others? Let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to read verses 4 through 13. It says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. And where there are tongues, they will still be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfection comes, an imperfect disappears. When, it, when I was like a child, I talked like a child, and I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. You know, God's love guide, I've got four things. Just four things I see in God's word, but four things that I've learned through marriage and being a dad and through being in ministry and being a part of this church. The first thing is, be available. Pursue God and seek Him in prayer and in the Word. Be available to Him. And I'll tell you, my wife, Heather, feels loved when I'm available. Even if I'm at work, you know, a text, a phone call, anything like that, it makes you feel special. And the more that we are available, the more that we can be trusted. See, God's always available. So we can always trust Him, right? The second thing I see is just listen. God is always speaking. And learn how He speaks to you. Listen to His leading and His direction. One of the ways God speaks to me is if I'm not supposed to do something, I get this knot right here in the middle of my stomach, and it just makes me sick, like I want to throw up. And I'm like, okay, God. So I take a step back, and I just start to pray and just start to seek him and until I find that peace. And then he kind of directs me in another way, and I go, oh, okay. Thanks, God. 
I wasn't supposed to do that, and you led me. God may speak to you in different ways, maybe through visions and dreams, maybe through words. My mom, she sees visions. When she was 14 years old, she was uh, at a church camp, and the, and the speaker said, go out to the woods, sit down and pray, and ask God to speak to you. My mom's like, oh, gee, you know. <laughs> but she was looking at a big rock, and right before her eyes, she saw the word China. And for those of you that know my parents, they run Will Go Ministries, who we support as a church every month. And uh, they've been full-time missionaries since 1993, and they spent 10 years in China. So my mom, at the age of 14, was called to be a missionary in China. Amazing. I think they were in their 50s when, um, or early, yeah, in their 50s when they decided to go uh, into full-time missions. So it's never too late. <laughs> like I said, God is good. God loves me, and he knows what's best for me, right? We just need to trust him. All right, the third thing is believe. Believe what God says is true. Believe his word. Align your beliefs with God's word. Align your beliefs with the teaching here at our church because it is true, it is right, it is from God's word. And the fourth thing that I see is just trust. Trust that God is good and that he loves me and that he knows what's best for me because he will carry you through. He's carried me through so many things. He's carried me through the past two years. Now I'm better and stronger for it. Now there hasn't... It, I must say this. There's been some things that I've lost through this whole process that, that haven't been given back to me. But I haven't lost my faith or my trust or my hope or my confidence or who I feel God has called me to be or how he sees me. I am beautifully and wonderfully made, even with a tumor in the middle of my head, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> well, let's look at John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We're going to read verses 41. And on, let's see here. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, who the father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. 
Only he see, only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth. He who believes has every everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Wow. That is powerful. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is our salvation. He's our King of kings and our Lord of lords. He is amazing. He loves us. Wow. God is the sustainer of eternal life. Like I said, he's not so concerned about this, this just this life on earth. This is a blip in time. He is concerned about our eternal life. See, some people think the salvation, that's the end. All right, I'm going to heaven. Good. (laughs) No, that's just the beginning. How much deeper do you want to go with God? How much do you want to trust him? How much do you want him to be Lord of your life? There's one thing I'm going to do um, that I didn't really plan on, but this is a notebook that I've had here um, since I was a youth pastor back in here at the church in 2003 and earlier. I think I actually started in 1999, 98, something like that. But anyway... um, I'm looking through this, and I have some of my old sermons, and um, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, But I have one sermon illustration that I just want to share with you that I thought, wow, this, I can really end the night with this. (laughs) How deep do you want to go with God? How much do you want to trust him? How much do you believe that he is true, righteous, holy, and just? Well, think about a scuba diver and think about a deep sea diver, okay? A scuba diver stays in the more shallow waters. He has a limited supply of oxygen, not equipped to handle the deep sea pressures, interested in the things that can be seen, and pretty much can be self-reliant. But a deep sea diver goes down deep in the water he extends, or he has an extended supply of oxygen. He's equipped to handle the pressures of the deep sea and interested what, in what cannot be seen. He's reliant on more than self. He's reliant on God and others. See, both are in the water, and one is more equipped than the other. How deep do you want to go with God? How much do you want to trust him? This week, I would encourage you 
to look at what God says about who you are. Beautifully and wonderfully made. A child of God, loved by God. Start to take that to heart and start to, start to see yourself as someone who can represent Christ in an awesome way. Represent Christ to this world and have confidence in who he's made you to be. Because you, each one of you, are beautifully and wonderfully made. Intricate in your mother's womb. And there's nowhere you can go without God being there. So submit to him. Know who he is and know who you are in him. And remember this. If you don't take anything else from this this message that I've shared with you tonight, take this with you. God is good. God loves me. And God knows what's best for me. Amen? Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Pastor Merrill.